Welcome to Murderers and Monsters. Before we begin today, a brief warning. Contents may be disturbing and language may be explicit and inappropriate for young listeners. So listener discretion is advised. Hey, hey, it's Marie. Hey, hey, guys, it's Shelby. All right, guys. Glad to have you back with us. Um, So, Shelby, let's just jump into it. Uh, You want to tell us a little bit about your week? Um, well... (laughs) (laughs) it would be just like me to get sick on the week of my wedding (laughs) so (laughs) I sound a little nasally I'm sorry um I think it was just a little bit of a head cold it it probably was just like all this rain maybe moving some stuff around I don't know um but thankfully I'm starting to feel a little bit better that's good seeing as how the wedding is day after tomorrow I know (laughs) (laughs) that's cutting it close (laughs) right I'm like uh Cause I feel like I feel congested, but it just hasn't like reached the surface yet. Like I just, I feel it. I don't know yeah. how to explain it. Yeah. And so we have a Navage that we're going to try later and oh, okay. hopefully try to get it, you know, all out. You're welcome. You know, yeah. I know that's nasty, but, <laughs> but um, I know I just got off the phone with my mom right before we got on here, just trying mm-hmm. to work out the details. Cause they're, oh my God. they're coming early tomorrow and I'm sorry. And my phone just went off. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead I'm sorry you're fun you're fun but yeah just trying to work out all the little details because I still have people messaging me like you know is there anything I can do and I'm like I, 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 I don't well, know <laughs> it would have been good for y'all to to have um to reached out two weeks ago yeah a month ago I mean well I guess because now like we're really just getting down to um you know directing everything and whatnot so but yeah. I think it'll come together we went and practiced Tuesday just like me and the lady who's going to help us out with the music and stuff um and Doug's mom we all went down there and just kind of got an idea of like how everything is going to flow so I'm really excited I'm really excited I am too I can't wait um so yeah we're gonna be down there kind of early so we can start doing pictures and and stuff like that but okay how how's the the help actually Look, I hate to say this, but he's all right. Yeah. I don't hate him. He's okay. <laughs> Taught him how to buff today, which was, buffing's not, it's not really, really hard, but it's not really, really easy either. So yeah, fair. I got him, uh, I got him, you know, just gave him a little, little course on that today. Um, he's pretty good about knowing what to do. He's good about being communicative, um, asking questions and stuff like that. He's gotten to know everybody. And everybody's kind of sort of gotten to know him. So, yeah, he's pretty confident that he can take care of things since I'm not going to be there tomorrow. Tomorrow is Mickey's birthday. My husband, 53 years old. Happy birthday, Woo-hoo. babe. Happy birthday. Um, He don't <laughs> listen, but still. <laughs> I just saw this thing on Facebook and it mm-hmm. said, um, what has ears and doesn't listen? And it, it was actually Doug that read it out loud. And he was like <laughs> trying to, he was scratching his head. Like, I, I, bet he I said, men, men. <laughs> 100 percent 100 percent but <clears throat> so yeah um i think we're gonna just skip over the series and books and stuff this week there is there have been a couple of things that have been in the news this week that i'd like to talk about um yeah and you and i were discussing this just a little bit before we actually started recording so the submarine that went down this week shelby say what you gotta say um okay <clears throat> so my personal belief is that, you know, anytime there's something major going on, something always comes about, especially government issued, that mm-hmm. just tries to avert 
whatever it is that's actually going on and like oh look just focus all your attention over here right you know what i'm saying yeah like it's just so i i do believe that there's people that went down there and everything but it's just really odd that all these rich people Mm -hmm. that pay two hundred fifty thousand dollars a piece this is stupid money (laughs) <laughs> get into this thing that's the size of a minivan <laughs> yeah. that you can't even stand up in mm-hmm. and you can you want to go see the titanic i bet that is a, an incredible experience but you can't see it you have to see it through like a computerized screen right and the whole thing is operated on a game controller i mean there's just so many red flags here it just doesn't make sense 100 percent and they only had like 96 hours of oxygen. I think I read like a few hours ago that they, of course, um, said that they were deceased. Yeah. And um, that they had supposedly have found some debris of the submarine. Right. Had, had they had gone down there, my thinking is what really happened is it probably got down to a certain amount. And because it was not approved safety regulations mm-hmm, or anything, mm-hmm. I think that it's possible that it probably imploded before it ever reached the the titanic i think that they've just been down there this whole time you know and drowned in my opinion right and see that's what that's exactly me and mickey were talking about it just before i came in here to record and um i was reading an article actually that they had put out saying that they had found the wreckage or some of the wreckage and everything Mm -hmm. and that it from all excuse me from all that they could you know uh scientifically say was that um it had imploded at some Mm -hmm. point and my feeling is like so they lost contact with this submarine at like it was either 45 minutes or an hour and 45 minutes after they actually launched yeah not long right so the way i feel about it is they like you said they got to a certain point a certain depth Mm -hmm. and it became too much because they said that the actual walls of the submarine were not up to par so to speak and that it imploded and i i I feel like whenever they lost contact was probably when it happened Mm -hmm. they just couldn't verify that and so for the last four days they've been looking for something and it that they were probably you know unalived at the point that they lost Mm -hmm. transmission is the way i feel about it um right but what you're saying as far as a diversion smoke and mirrors and stuff like that (laughs) I don't know if they I don't I don't think that they really probably expected them to die um, so much so as just using that as something to say, oh, look over here. Look at what these people are doing and stuff mm-hmm. like that. As far as the conspiracy kind of theory thing. Right. <clears throat> well, um, now I watched this on TikTok sure. and we have all learned over time, of course, not to believe everything that we see on the Internet. Because oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The media lies all right. the time. all the time but i did find something rather interesting and it was saying that you know all the the media attention was on the the submarine or or and everything you know that disappeared and whatnot yeah but there was a 911 call that was made like in colorado like a week ago that Mm -hmm. this guy saw this figure this not human thing demonic mm-hmm. creatures what he called in on mm-hmm. and said that it was like eight foot tall had big eyes and a big mouth and there was like a video 
in the backyard like I, I guess they had cameras and stuff set- mm-hmm. there was like cameras and stuff set up now obviously I don't know how true that is you know people have been trying to say that aliens have visited us forever and everything yeah but it's just you know kind of interesting because the only thing that really brought my attention to that was because there were several other videos of the same kind of concept like this um police officer was asking like local people like hey did you see this light force come down and everything because apparently it made like a lot of smoke landed in this guy's backyard and stuff you know so it's just like all of that was just kind of hush hush and we all know there's just things that the government hides from us that we just will never know they will never tell us the whole story yeah and everything you know I'm not like a huge conspiracy theorist or anything but I'm I'm also not uh I guess not stupid <laughs> so okay yeah, you know absolutely I just you know there's obviously always something else going yeah. on mm-hmm. and with how much TikTok and stuff like reels anything like that that people just kind of focus their energy on yeah the media knows how they can control people oh, yeah I believe so they're going to divert the whatever other issue it is that's going on they're going to divert the eyes from that to something else yeah Mm -hmm. because i read somewhere about the submarine that those people they they were affiliated with the clintons and stuff because the name of the company was ocean gate they've been trying to do this for since like 2019 or 2020 or something and every year it got disapproved because it never passed safety regulations and right they, they literally told that guy that was wanting to do this it was a dumb idea that they shouldn't do it, that yeah. it's not up to par. Like you said, like you can't do that, but I don't know. Well, I mean, and he made know. them, it, <clears throat> excuse me, they, he charged them $250,000 a piece. And he also made them sign a liability waiver saying that, mm-hmm. um, you're, you know, you're taking your, basically your, your life in your own hands by doing this. And we're not, we're saying mm-hmm. that we're not going to take responsibility for it. If something happens, I mean, that right there well, tells I, you, that, I, you know, they're not guaranteeing somebody shit. That, somebody that pays that much mm-hmm. money for something to go that far underwater with yeah. all that pressure mm-hmm. to be controlled by a game controller, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like, I, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, I'm not that stupid. If I ha- even had that kind of money, the first thing that comes to my mind is, hmm, let's go explore the Titanic. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, I can um, do a lot more things with 250K. <laughs> I mean, exactly. And I mean, look, no more than you're going to see of the Titanic. Um, they already have those pictures. They already have all kinds of <clears throat> videos and stuff like that where they have sent rovers down there and have seen, we've, we've all seen on TV, on videos and stuff like that. We've all already seen everything they were going to see. I don't, I just, I can't get behind it, but that's just me. Yeah. And even so, like, it's not like they have windows to actually look out of. Right. And right. see it for themselves. Like they're still going to look at it on a screen. So right. Why it just doesn't make sense to pay that much money to just still see it on the same screen where I can YouTube a Titanic video right now right. and see all the information that they've gathered so far. Exactly. Like it just, That's my whole point. Yeah. There's just so much about it that just doesn't make sense. Right. But I don't, I don't know. I guess that's the rich. They yeah. have their own way of thinking, I guess. <laughs> But with all that being said, I mean, our hearts do go out to their families and um, we, you know, we can't begin to say how sorry we are for the loss of their, their people. So 
So on to the next <clears throat> current event that I want to bring up. I don't know. I know you've been sick this week, so I don't know if um, you have heard anything about this guy. His name is Chad Doerr. They arrested Ooh. him a few days. Do you, have you heard about it? Uh, yeah, I actually okay. just read about this um, yesterday. No, the day before yesterday. Yeah. yeah. So I've been following this a little bit, and I'm sure all of our people out there, you you guys have heard about it by now. If you watch TikTok or, you know, um, YouTube or anything like that, there's actual, like, police body cam videos of when he's arrested and stuff like that. But if you don't know about it, his name is Chad Doer. Um, he was arrested for... Taking all three of his kids, three, four, and seven, three little boys, out into his front yard and shooting them execution style with a rifle and killing them. So um, his wife didn't know what was going on until she heard the shots. She ran out there to try to stop him from what he was doing when she realized what was going on. He shot her through the hand. This gave one of the little boys time to run away. He ran out, grabbed the little boy, drug him back up there to where his other two brothers were laid, de laid dead and shot him as well um in doing so shot his mom shot his wife the boy's mom through the hand and at the same time when all this was going on his stepdaughter who was his wife's child before they got together was running down the street of the neighborhood that they were living in screaming my daddy's killing my family my daddy's killing my family mm. and those boys they were <clears throat> they were really young too three four and seven yeah yeah. Mm. And so they, they look, and he was sitting on the steps of his house when the police came up, grabbed him up, throwed him on the ground. The rifle was laying right next to him. And he acted like it wasn't no thing. Like he's laying on the ground. They're putting handcuffs on him and stuff like that. He's like, Hey man, I ain't trying to hurt nobody. I ain't trying to do nothing. I ain't going to cause no problems. Nothing like that. How sick. I mean, like, like it was just any other day. I could, I watched that video a couple of different times because I was just in my head going, what the actual hell is going on here? You know what like, I mean? Like, did he, did they ever say like what the motive was? Like what it was that drove him to do something so they insane? They didn't really say what the motive was. They said he had been planning it for a while. I don't know how they knew that because I mean, it's just so new. We don't know all the ins and outs or and details the, of right, it or whatever right now. Yeah. But they did arrest him. He is in jail. Um, the judge gave him a $20 million bond, which is just like saying you don't have a bond because ain't yeah. nobody going to be able to afford to get you out because it's a cash bond. I mean, just say, yeah, you ain't getting out. Yeah. And he shouldn't. I mean, he doesn't deserve to. Absolutely not. But that's the other thing that has been like all over social media this week. I just want to bring that up. I do want to keep my eyes on that case. I do want to know exactly what's going on with it. And it's just like um, the Tyler Sh uh, Sheely and a case with where they had um, kept the little boy locked up. Tyler and Krista Sheely, Shindley, mm -hmm. Shindley, excuse me, where they had kept the little boy locked up for like three mm -hmm. years. Those are just some cases I want to keep my eyes on because, I mean, they've been in the, they've been, I mean, they've been all over social media here lately. I don't know if y'all can hear my dog snoring in the background. I can hear it through my <laughs> through my headphones. Is that hear... what that is? Yes, I'm sorry. I heard something. Oh my god, I'm sorry. He will not not be in here with me. I tried to get him to stay in there with his duty, but he won't. So I'm sorry about the dog snoring in the background. <clears throat> it just adds character. <laughs> I guess so. 
But anyway, so, all right, guys. Well, we're going to go ahead and get into the case this week. Shelby's been really busy and she's been sick. Um, So I'm going to do the case. It's normally her week, but I'm going to do the case for her this week. So this week we're talking about the murder of Alicia Bromfield. Um, Alicia Bromfield, she was born on August the 28th of 1990 in Will County, Illinois. She was a graduate of Joliet Catholic Academy and she was enrolled in Western Illinois University. Hey, Shell, this is something that'll interest you. She was studying forensic science and criminal justice. I saw that? that. I thought that was interesting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I knew I knew you would. Um, she had actually been working for a company called Grandflower Growers. Uh, I didn't know this until I got to looking into this case because I'm a I'm not a real big Home Depot. I'm more of a Lowe's kind of girl. And now we're Same. not sponsored by either one. Um, no. <laughs> but y'all can sponsor us if you want. Uh, so they actually Home Depot actually has a outside contractor. And that's what this Grandflower Growers um, company actually was. It was a private contractor that would come in and help them during the like the busy times, uh, spring, summer, you know, like fall. seasonal. Yeah, it's seasonal oh, okay. work. But that's, I mean, that's actually who she worked for, but they were actually contracted under Home Depot. So um, she was setting up displays at the local Home Depot. They they say she was a really happy person. She enjoyed life. She was really close and she loved her family and her friends. Um, In early 2012, Alicia actually discovered that she was pregnant. Her and her friend Olivia were in college together and Olivia's boyfriend um, introduced her to one of his guy friends and they were just all hanging out and stuff like that. They were never really serious. It was just like a, you know, all of us get together kind of thing sure. on the weekends and stuff. But she learned not too long after that, that she's actually pre- pregnant. Mm. So she knew that her mom had gotten pregnant young with her and she was kind of nervous about telling her mom, but they were really, really close. So when she found out that she was pregnant, she went home and her mom was actually studying to be a homeopathic doctor, um, mm-hmm. just looking into those kind of things for herself. And she was in her bedroom studying and Alicia walked in and she went in and she sat down with her mom on the floor. She sat down on the floor while her mom was studying on the bed and she looked up at her mom and she was like, hey, mom, I really need to talk to you. And her mama, Sherry, she looked down at her and she said, you're pregnant. Oh, wow. And Alicia was like, she just burst into tears. She was like, yes, I'm so sorry, you know, whatever. And her mom, her mama, Sherry, she was so comforting and she was so, you know, she was all about her girl. It's, it's not a problem, baby. We'll, we'll handle it. It's okay. And, um, so it it was really good that she was that close with her family. I just thought that was, that was really great. Um, her baby's father, he chose not to be involved. And Alicia, she was she was cool with that. You know what I mean? She was like, it's okay. No big deal. I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a take this on and I'm going to do this. So mm-hmm. when she had started the job at Home Depot, she had started when she was like 16 years old. So at this point, she was 21, between 20 and 21. And um, so she really, really wanted this job to work out. She really was. It, this was really super important to her. She had had this job for like five years. Um, she's really dedicated to it, all this kind of stuff. And when she actually learned that, uh, her baby girl, her, I'm sorry, when she learned her child was going to be a baby girl, she'd actually, actually picked out her name. Her name was going to be Ava Lucille, which I thought was really sweet. So, excuse me, Alicia's job with Grand Flowers and Home Depot allowed her to be paid during the off season. 
which is really good for her. Um, it was essential for her as a student and with a baby coming. So for this reason, Alicia tolerated a lot of things from the older man who was in charge, who was pretty much like her boss. Um, he was a regional manager of the Grand Flowers growers um, that worked with the Home Depot uh, businesses and stuff like that. Hmm. So she tolerated a lot of things from him. His name was Brian Cooper. According to the complaints that Alicia made with her company, Brian called her a slut and a whore on several occasions when he actually, when she actually denied his advances. Um, Brian told coworkers that Alicia was his quote unquote girlfriend. And he continued to make sexual advances toward her in the workplace and abuse his authority as her supervisor. And you um, know, according- it's sad that I'm sorry. Go, I was no, just no, gonna go say ahead. that it, it's sad that a lot of stuff like that actually happens so much more than we realize. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I got a lot of taste of something like that when I was in the car business. Uh-huh. I don't know if you've ever had to deal with stuff like that or not out there, but I mean, working at the two that I've worked at, you just you just see so much stuff that you just wish you didn't see. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I can only imagine. Yeah, I, I can only imagine uh, the kind of stuff that you're going through or you went through when you were in the car business being like in um, the capacity you were as far yeah. as like, you know. Well, I just remember this one one guy that I worked with um, when I first started working at the car lot um, as the as one of the sales managers and he was a sales manager mm-hmm. and he would get really mad at his wife and. I, mind you, I didn't sit up at the sales tower with the other managers. I sat on the outside of it. But um, if, if she called him and they were arguing already, you could hear him fighting with her over the phone throughout the whole showroom. Oh, and there no. would be customers and he'd be cussing her out left and right. I mean, he'd just blare out, you know, you're a stupid whore, like just all kinds right. of stuff. In the mm-hmm. middle of the showroom, like every, it echoes in there. So like yeah. everybody can hear it, you know, and there are many, many, many times because the type of manager that I was, I had to deal with complaints Yeah, and I had to be, make sure that I kept up with the Google reviews and everything. Yeah. And one of the Google reviews was about him and about how rude he was, about how, you know, he just kind of came off to this customer really wrong and, mm-hmm. you know, just real assertive and everything. And he used to talk about like beating women and all this and that. Oh my God. He literally said, and I was standing outside one day because I had to get away from all the vulgarity he was speaking. And he come out there and he was like, I wish that it was legal to beat your wife and everything because oh my God, it was so I would do it once a week and da, 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 da. And I was just like, this, this dude is insane. Like, I mean, and it wasn't very, very, very long after that, that he got fired, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's stuff like that. Like I heard that at both car lots from, and it's usually people in management. Yeah. It's just one of those things like men and to certain levels, they just feel like they have to have that demeaning power. Like they Mm -hmm. have to overcome other people and especially women. I just had to comment on that. No, no, it's great. It's fine. But yeah, I mean, and that's basically how it was with Brian. I mean, even though he he would do nice things for her, he would give her extra days off and stuff like that. But then he would turn right around and treat her just, I mean, all kinds of bad ways. I mean, he was just he was just really derogatory to her and and stuff like that. He continued 
um, to act, to make sexual advances to her in the workplace, and he abused his authority over her all the time. According to Alicia's friend, he would threaten to fire her if she didn't work when she had a doctor's appointment. Um, he used his authority to get her to walk his dog on several occasions. Um, he gave her a key to his home. They said he had she had to pick up his um, dry cleaning, stuff like that. And she did it because, I mean, it was a job that she had dedicated so many years of her life to. And yeah. she didn't want to lose it, especially now that she was pregnant. So this guy was basically oh. like her her main boss. Right. He was too. Right. He was the regional manager over that group that was at that particular Home Depot. And I guess so. like she just felt like almost like his assistant in a way, having to do those personal things for him. Right. And, and she was I mean, she basically felt trapped into doing yeah. it because every time she would uh, b- buck up against him or whatnot, he'd be like, well, I mean, you can do it or I can let you go. And so I mean, that's that was wrong. basically. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. So wrong. So despite multiple complaints to upper management, Brian Cooper retained his position and he continued his behavior. Um, uh, it was said that before he like focused his attentions and things like that on Alicia, there was actually a girl before her. Her name was Jessica. And she, he would do the exact same thing to her. He would talk to her in, the, in you know derogatory ways and things like that. And she complained to upper management, um, went above his head, things like that. And they actually went to Brian and were like, hey, we're going to need you to take some anger management classes. And he was like, yeah, 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 I'll take care of that. And, I mean, he never did. They never followed up. So. So what happened to that girl? Do we know? She quit. She had enough. Yeah. She, had enough. she was like, fair. boom, bitch, I'm out of here. I'm not putting yeah. up this shit anymore. Wow. So, so it was, yeah. he, this, she wasn't necessarily his first Oh, absolutely not. Right, right, right. You know, that's crazy. Yeah. So, and once Jessica left, that's when he focused all of his attentions on Alicia. Alicia. Mm. I'm sorry if I'm saying her name wrong. I heard it a couple of different ways. So, excuse me. In August of 2012, Brian actually convinced Alicia to accompany him to his sister's wedding in Door County, Wisconsin. Um, her friend and her mom believed that he threatened her job if she didn't attend. And Alicia told her mom that they were staying at the same resort as the wedding party. And, um, because, uh, Brian was actually going to walk his sister down the aisle. That was the reason they were going. It was a really important day. Um, and then he said, I just really, I want you to, you know, just go with me, be my plus one, whatever. So she's super creepy. Isn't it? Isn't it? Like, like seriously, like, I mean, I look back on where was I at at that time when I was in my 20s. I, you know, I had a job. I can't remember where I was working at. That's pretty bad. (laughs) (laughs) I'm showing my age. Um, Anyways, skirt. Um, But, you know, whatever it was, no matter what it was, you know, if a boss man had asked me to join him on any occasion outside of work, that's highly inappropriate and highly usually usually whenever you get hired on at any job one of the first things you do is you fill out paperwork and that (laughs) paperwork is usually stuff about you know you're not supposed to have any kind of like work fraternization or something like that you're not supposed to have any kind of relationship with your coworkers, Mm -hmm. especially your higher ups you know that's just something that was always frowned upon absolutely so that's just really, really super creepy. First red flag. <laughs> oh, well, one of many, um, uh, actually. Well, I was about to say among of many. <laughs> yeah, Because, one of many. I mean, I-, I can understand being scared that you're going to lose your job. But if you've been there for five years, it shouldn't be that hard to have found something else. Even I mean, with you that would think fear. So. 
And I'm not, I'm not. Um, well, maybe it's because she was worried about because she was pregnant and she was a little further along, right? She was pretty she close. Was like six and a half months. Yeah. Yeah. So she yeah. was probably banking on that time off that she was going to get to. Right. That's because that was going to give reason. her, right. That was going to give her a little bit of time with her baby, you mm-hmm. know, right there. And she was like uh, one semester away from graduating college, you know, yeah. so she didn't want to lose that. She was so close. And I can, yeah. And I can totally understand it. I just think he was a really shitty ass person for uh, putting her in this position and he's a fucking monster and there's no, there's no two ways about it. Right. For sure. So when her mom found out about it, she was not happy. She was like, I don't think you should be doing this. I don't feel comfortable with this, you know, cause moms know they really do deep down, even if they don't express it to you. And if they do express it, they're going to be like, oh, I'm feeling some kind of way about this. And that's basically mm-hmm. what Sherry, her mom, told her. She was like, I really don't like this, Alicia. Yeah. I, don't, I don't feel like this is a good uh, thing for you to do. Whatever. But Alicia told her mama that they were actually staying at the same resort as wedding party. Um, so, I mean, it made her feel, it made Alicia feel a little bit better thinking that all these people that were actually going to be at the wedding were actually going to be at the same hotel that they were going to be at. It made her feel a little bit safer. And that's what she told yeah. her mom. She was like, it's okay. Everybody's going to be staying there. Don't worry about it. And we're just going. And that's what she told her mom. She's like, look, we're going down the same day as the wedding. We're going to go to the wedding and then we're going to sleep. And then we're coming back the next day. So it was like, it was like a go to the really wedding quick. and come back, back on. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and that, her mom was like, I mean, she was like, she didn't like it, but she was like, okay, you know, so, Alicia at six and a half almost seven months pregnant um, her and Brian set off to Wisconsin it was like I heard in a couple of different sources that it was four hours away I heard in some that it was six hours away I didn't look it up I'm sorry so we're going to guess it was somewhere between four and six hours away yeah so the morning of the wedding Alicia's mother got a phone call from Alicia she was upset and she explained to her mom that her and Brian were headed back to Illinois because they had had an argument and Alicia's mother was concerned. She was like, um, well, what's happening? Because I know that Brian was supposed to walk his sister down the aisle that day. And she's like, look, if there's a problem, you know, just reach out to Brian's sister. Let her know that y'all aren't going to be able to come um, because Brian was supposed to walk her down the aisle. And just let, let her know that you guys aren't going to be able to be there. You know, just give her a heads up or whatnot. Mm-hmm. <sighs> look. I felt some kind of way about that whole situation. I'm not blaming her mama. I'm not blaming Alicia. Don't get me wrong, but just hear me out for a second. My first concern is not going to be whether or not you're going to let his sister know whether he's going to walk her down the aisle or not. My first concern is going to be, do you need me to come get you? Yeah. Give me, let me put it into Jeepus. I'll be there as quick as I can get there. Yes, 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 Jeepus, baby. I'll be there just as fast as my car can carry me. Is that what you want me to do? I'm on my way. I'm putting my shoes on right now. I got my keys in my hand. What are we doing? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be concerned about whether or not she calls his sister and lets her, whatever. I, I just, I just really, that that's just not me. And so that's something all I'm going to say little, about that. So something a little, <clears throat> not off topic, but kind of with it. Um, sure, go ahead. So was he like kind of close to his family for him to have to walk his sister down the aisle? They didn't. Yes. Have- yes. He was very close to his family, actually. And later on, when we get toward the end, uh-huh. you'll see a little bit more about how close his family was and how okay. fucking weird his family was. Gotcha. Okay. Because okay. it's just kind of 
listen, I've been watching Criminal Minds. So like <laughs> the BAU unit, it, you know, or the BAU or whatever part of yeah. the FBI. Or it's just always so fascinating to me, like how they just pick out all these different characteristics of somebody mm-hmm. and they can just lay out who it is, you know, or how right. they are as a person. You know, it's just super interesting yeah. to me. I love so, profiling, girl. Yeah, I love to hear on profile. I don't yeah. know how they do it, but it fascinates me. You know, um, there's actually... A, a system or whatever of align with the program that I'm studying and everything that mm-hmm. I kind of want to take that route, but it's just so much that you kind of have to give it like, you can't have like a regular life and, and do that kind of job. Like, yeah, it's very demanding. Yeah. It's super demanding. And I mean, it's not even just portrayed by the, uh, cause it's a TV show, but I mean, you have sure. to think like how much you have to devote into yeah. stuff like that but it's just mm-hmm. getting into the mind of, of the person that's doing the sickness I just always thought that was super fascinating me too me too <laughs> it's okay <laughs> so um that is when uh that she learned that her daughter and Brian were not actually I'm sorry I'm, uh, let me backtrack a little bit this is when Alicia's mama Sherry actually found out um, when she talked to Alicia, that her and Brian weren't actually staying in the same hotel as the wedding party. He had actually booked them a room at Bay Sands Resort. And none of their wedding party was staying there. And that was what the actual um, fight itself was about because she was like super uncomfortable. They were staying. Oh, I could imagine. Yes. That he had booked them one room, two beds. Oh, which, yeah. No. How, pres- how presumptuous is that? You oh, know what no. I mean? I'm out. I'm out. Exactly. I'd be I, like, Mama, call- I would have been calling my mom. Come exactly. get me. <laughs> right. I'll be at, I'll be at here. I'll be where, I'll be wherever I need to be. But I probably I honestly to- would have thought to call the cops at first because not one, you're already creeping me out at work mm-hmm. and everything. I'm already right. creeped out to come with you as your date. Yeah. Because you threatened to fire me. And three, you're here at a whole different resort than what you told me. Right. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-mm. Talk about uncomfortable. That's a, a whole new level of uncomfortable right yeah. there. Yeah. So anyway, that's how her mom found out that they weren't staying at the same hotel as the wedding party. Um, Alicia didn't even know where the wedding party was actually staying. Okay. So oh, a few hours later, Alicia actually had texted her mom back and she was like, hey, we talked it out <clears throat> and I don't want to be an asshole. So what we're going to do is we're going to stay. And she was worried about her causing a problem with his sister's wedding this is how sweet and unassuming this poor little girl is was thinking about you know everybody saying? else exactly yeah. well i so, mean because of the situation too you know i mean i'm not gonna i would be upset if somebody ruined like my wedding you know but right i would if if you saw the other circumstances it might make it a little different just looking from the outside looking in obviously it might make Absolutely. it like you know what i'm saying like it's yeah. just it's kind of goes both ways but still like she put everybody else above herself and that's says a lot about her i mean that says exactly it says a lot about the person that she was and how he was manipulating her because he's Mm -hmm. a fucking monster narcissist yes girl from the word go so anyway she told her mama she's like look i'm just we're just gonna stay it's fine we're gonna go to the wedding so he can walk her down the aisle and then um we're coming back to the hotel sleep and then we're gonna leave first thing in the morning it's gonna be fine so at this point, <clears throat> early next morning, Brian Cooper actually walked into a convenience store that was about an hour from the hotel. He was soaking ass wet, and he asked the clerk, he said, will you please call 911 for me? <sighs> he got nine, She got 911 on the phone, and they were like, 
uh, you know, where's your, what's the address of your emergency? And she was like, well, it's not actually for me. I have a person that just walked in the store, asked me to call you. And she gave the phone to Brian. Mm. Um, yeah. So y'all bear with me just a second. I've actually got some of the, um, actual 911, uh, call here. So it said 911, uh, dispatcher, do you know who the nine one? Sorry. Let me word up a minute. Words, girl. <laughs> He told the 911 dispatcher that he had called to report the murder of Alicia Broomfield. The following conversation was recorded. 911 dispatcher. Do you know who murdered her? Brian Cooper. Yes. 911 dispatcher. Um, you do? Okay. Well, who was it? He said, it was me. I did it. She said, you did? He said, yes. Okay. Well, was it an accident? I mean, an act. what happened? He said, no, it was intentional. She said, it was intentional? Okay, well, he said, look, I'm a good person. I, I didn't mean to do it or whatever. But, I mean, her whole family, they're, they're just going to flip. I'm sorry, what? Oh, I mean, it was like, and and this, this, you know, that was paraphrasing. And that is some, I mean, I did, it was actually written that way. But a lot, of, I didn't include like the whole conversation, but it is on YouTube. You can look it up. He was very nonchalant about it. He was very factual about it. He was like, hey, she's in, you know, this resort. She's in this room. She's dead. You know, I need somebody to go over there and get her. What in the world? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't understand. Like, he just snapped. Yeah, absolutely. He's actually on snap. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's actually on snap. So when the police arrived at the hotel room, they found Alicia Broomfield lying partially covered with a pillow neatly placed under her head. She had been strangled. Both Alicia and her unborn daughter, Aver, a, her unborn daughter, daughter, good Lord, her unborn daughter, Ava, were gone. Mm. In his confession, Brian Cooper stated that the two had had an argument after the wedding. He said he was intoxicated and realized that. Once the two of them were back in Illinois, Alicia was going to terminate all contact with him. And he said he didn't want that. After Alicia fell asleep, Brian had debated on harming her. He finally decided to strangle her. He actually took cords from around the room, cords from his laptop, cord from the phone, stuff like that. And he had put them all together because he was in a panic at this point. Right. They had gotten into an argument at the wedding. He was afraid he, had, he was going to lose her. Yeah. Altogether. Right. They had gotten into an argument at the wedding and he and she he asked her, he said, hey, are you going to come over? And they were watching this series called 24. I, I don't know if any of y'all know what it is. It's a series with Keith, Kiefer Sutherland. But regardless. And she said, um, no, I'm not. I'm not coming to your house to watch anything else with you. I'm not watching your dog. We are no longer going to be friends when we get back home. I am done. And this just sent him into a tailspin, okay? He kept drinking and drinking and drinking at the wedding. Then when they got back, she was tired, okay? It was midnight, and she was tired. She's almost seven months pregnant. She had put up with this. I can't even begin to know what kind of anxiety and emotional turmoil she had been in sure. since they had got there, you know? So when they got back to the hotel room, she laid down and went to sleep. I mean, with I understand that. Yeah. I mean, with all understanding, you know, she's tired. So the whole time she's laying there, 
he's just keeping on drinking, keeping on drinking. And he would walk outside and smoke and he would come back in and he would look at her and he would drink and he would walk outside and smoke and come back in. And so he's at this point now to where he's like, you know what? I'm going to tie her up just so we can talk a little bit because this is not going to work for me. This, I mean, I'm, I'm going to have to do something because I've got to hold on to her because his obsession had gotten so far in his head that he could not imagine the fact that, that she didn't want to be with him. I mean, yeah. shit, he had done told all the people they worked with. That she was his quote unquote girlfriend, that they were having a relationship, you know, all this kind of stuff. And he was, he was not just drunk, but he was like in a panic because he was fixing to lose the only the, his obsession. Mm -hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's what it was. It was an absolute 100% obsession with him. So anyway, in his confession, he stated that they had had an argument and that he was intoxicated. And he realized that once they got back, they were she was going to terminate all contact with him. He said he didn't want it. And after she fell asleep, you know, like I said, he had debating on harming her. He finally decided to strangle. He took the cords. He put them around. And at some point, he had decided to just go down, go in and lay down on the bed. And at the point where he had actually laid down, Alicia, she had like, she had kind of woke up a little bit. She stirred a little bit. And um, he saw her, you know, kind of sort of waking up a little bit. And he was like, hey, you know, and he brought up the watching their show again. And mm -hmm. she was like, no, I told you that we this is over i can't i'm mm -hmm. not doing this anymore brian well he lost it he jumped on the bed and he started strangling her and the whole time he's strangling her they're fighting because she's fighting for her life and for her baby's life yeah um she's scratching and she's kicking and all this kind of stuff and I mean, he's 36 years old compared to a 21 year old girl you know i mean he's he's a full-ass grown man and of course he can overpower her you know, right. so he's on top of her. And although she's fighting for her life, he's strangling her. And at one point, while her his hand is over her mouth to keep her from screaming, she bites him. Well, when she bites him, he snatches her. They roll off the bed. They end up on the floor and she's kicking and, and she's, you know, fighting him and all this kind of stuff. Well, he grabs control of her again, jumps on top of her. And the whole time she's begging him, please don't, please don't, you know, please don't hurt the baby. Please don't hurt the baby. You know, mm -hmm. she's not worried about herself. She's begging for the life of her child Yeah. at this point. You know, she's just begging him, please, please think about the baby. Think about the baby. But he doesn't. He is over her with his hands around her neck, looking her in her eyes. And he holds on until she stops moving. And at this point, at this point, Brian has killed her. So she's laying on the floor and he gets up. And this is what he says later in um, the interview with the, the police and everything. He says he gets up and he actually drinks another bottle of wine. And by the time he gets done with the bottle of wine, he's tired because his adrenaline has, I mean, he's, he's, he's on a total ad adrenaline dump at this point. All of his adrenaline is, it's gone. He's tired. He can't believe what he did. So he goes in there, he lays down in the jacuzzi tub in the bathroom and he goes to sleep. After this horrible, horrible thing that he's done, he goes to sleep. So the next morning he wakes up and he walks in there and he looks down at her and she's laying there with a pillow under her head and she's got a blanket pulled up over, um, up to her neck. And he realizes that 
just killing her wasn't the only thing he did that night. Once he had strangled her, he told the police later that, you know, I just wanted to see her naked. Mm. So after he had strangled her, he take he took her clothes off so he could see her naked. And then he sexually assaulted her. After he had sat there and took taken, I mean, he took her life and the life of her child. He decided it would be a good idea if he sexually assaulted her after it was all over. So he raped her corpse. So later on, when he was talking to the police after he had called 911, he told them, he was like, you know, I just, I, this is one thing that I'd never been able to do. And I, I just had to do this. And they were like, so, <clears throat> I mean, how long did it last? I mean, it, you know, cause this guy, the, this police guy, he is, he's, he's number one. He's on point when this whole situation, you know, he's trying to get all the information that he can out of Brian. And he's like, so how long did this last? Brian's like, I don't know, two or three minutes, you know, whatever. He's like, well, and, and Brian kept saying, well, you know, I, it was, I couldn't really, you know, I couldn't really, you know, do it or whatever. Anyway. And the guy was like, so did you ejaculate? And Brian was like, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> so you could do it then. So it wasn't a wow. question of whether you could do it or not. You could do it because the semen was found right above her pubic bone on her stomach. So it, you, you actually did carry on with it. I mean, you did actually. You went through it. assault her. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. After she was already dead. Yeah, while her unborn child was dying inside of her. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, because he is a total and complete piece of shit. That's just, that's just <sighs> insane. It's it is like, fucking awful. It, it's like um, his obsession with her, his jealousy, his insecurity. It's like all these different emotions just kind of overcame in that moment, mm -hmm. you know, and it just all came out at once. Yeah. So. He didn't want to miss up a chance of actually getting a chance to be with her. And because that this is because that's been his obsession the whole time. He wanted he wanted her. He wanted in, to in every possess way. her. Yes. Right. He wanted to possess her. It wasn't that he loved her. No. He didn't love her because you don't do things like that. To he people that he you wanted love. her. He wanted her to submit to him. Right. Like that's why he was so demeaning. That's why he was so overpowering towards her. That's why he called her all those different names. That's why. Oh, yeah, this is my girlfriend, because mm -hmm. he wanted to let her. I won't say fear of him, but fear of him because of how powerful he was. Right. Not fear and of him was, in a relationship type way. Right. And in, in his and in his mind. He was like, she's going to be mine. Like, mm -hmm. that is my property. That is my person. That it, It's me. It's all about me. That's what I want. And that's what I'm going to have. However, I have to do it. However, I have right. to get it. That's what I'm going to do for it to be mine. So whereas you have this really sweet girl who mm -hmm. thought of everyone else, it sounds like, other than herself. Right. And who's pregnant. And she already accepted the fact that she's going to be a single mother. Right. That didn't bother her because she she was ready. She, right. She, she was, was ready to mm -hmm. to take on this new motherhood and everything. So she was putting everything else and, and her child in, included above her. And all that he could think about in that moment was I gotta get a piece. Yeah. I got I've got to I've got to um I've got to have it. I mean, I've got to complete my obsession. You know what I mean? Whether she was alive or not, because at this point she wasn't. Wow. You know, he had already done everything he could do. Anyway, 
Oh, good Lord. So, um, during his confession, they actually asked him, so have you ever hurt anybody before? And he was like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I had this other girlfriend and, um, I mean, I didn't kill her, but I did hurt her because I mean, she just wouldn't listen to me. We were trying to talk. I was trying to talk to her and everything and she wasn't listening. So I took her and I tied her up, which, okay. Um, first of all, that's kidnapping because you're not letting somebody leave when they want to, but yeah. Um, but this girl, he let her, he ended up letting her go and she never even pressed charges which I really wish she would have, because that would have actually, you know, had some kind of bearing on, I mean, at least he would have been being looked at at some, yeah. in, in some way, you know what I'm saying? Not, not putting nothing on her. I understand that right. you know, she didn't want to get involved in all that, but anyway, so police also learned that Brian Cooper had been a had been obsessed with Alicia and he had set up cameras. You ready? He had set up cameras in the bathroom at his home. So when she would go and she would walk his dog and stuff, um, and she had a key to his house and everything, he'd be out of town. So when she would go and walk his dog, if she went into the bathroom to use the restroom, there were cameras in there watching her use the restroom. Wow. He had it on cam. I mean, he had it on tapes or on his laptop or whatever. And they found those. He also had set up a camera in the bathroom trash can of their hotel room because Alicia had actually, I mean, of course, had taken a shower to get ready before they went to the wedding and stuff like that. And he had taped that as well. Mm. Yeah. Um. So Brian was, he ended up being charged with two counts of first degree intentional homicide and third degree sexual assault. Despite his confession, Brian actually Brian actually pleaded not guilty by reason of mental disease or defect. Let me tell you what this little piece of shit actually said was, oh my God, where is my paper? Um, <laughs> so, no, I got to read this to you because I wrote it down. Um, it was called Involuntary Intoxication. Okay, that was actually the alcohol down his throat. <laughs> no, check this out. And this was actually a law. Okay, it was actually a law at that time. Involuntary intoxication is a person shall not be found guilty of a crime when at the time of the act, they did not have sufficient mental capacity to distinguish between right and wrong. Okay, so with that being said, so that would mean to me as a lay person, because I don't know shit about shit when it comes to, you know, laws and stuff like that. What that would mean to me is basically um, blackout drunk, right? Yeah. Blackout drunk. Now, blackout drunk is just what it sounds like. It's blackout drunk. It's where um, your body is still in motion. It's still, you know, doing the things that you're doing, but your mind has said, all right. Good night. I'm going to sleep now because you ain't going to remember shit. You've been blackout drunk. I've been blackout drunk. But he you know had, what I'm saying? But he had the knowledge of that's my point. Right. But he, he literally said these things that had took place in detail, in lurid, gruesome detail. Right. Right. So he just contradicted his own. Exactly. Thing. Exactly. So that was actually um, his lawyers and everything. That's what they filed was involuntary um, intoxication. Mm. Now, 
When that being said, it's just like what you just told me or what, what we were just talking about. They have him on tape. They have his confessions with the cops. They have, you know, explicit details. He ain't forgot shit, right? No. He has been voluntarily telling them everything that happened. Right. The because whole what happened. Right. Because what would have happened had he ha- had actually had no recollection of any of that ever taking place, what would have mm-hmm. happened is he would have woke up the next morning, saw mm-hmm. that she was dead in their hotel room or resort room, whatever. Mm-hmm. And he would have been like, uh, something happened last night and I don't remember it. Right. And I know that it's like, I killed her. Right. I mean, he could have been like woken up the next morning, seen her in there, and he was like, I don't know what happened. I know I'm the only one that was in here with her, so it must have been me, but I don't remember anything. Right. But no, you know what I mean? he was, like you said, he was calm and everything, and he said, right. I did it. Right. Exactly. He even went so far as to tell the police whenever they arrested him, he was like, well, I mean, yeah, after I woke up and I realized what had happened, you know, I tried to kill myself. Are you ready? Do you know what he tried to kill himself with? Mm. A fucking butter knife and a corkscrew. And shockingly enough, it didn't work. I mean, I don't know how you don't kill yourself with a fucking butter knife or a corkscrew. But hey, he just couldn't manage it. That is the most bullshit. I don't even know. Girl, it had me so so damn hot and it's got me hot well, right now. <laughs> well, you know, he he's a manipulator. So <sighs> he's he's trying to manipulate the story to reflect that maybe he felt some type of remorse. Right. But the fact that he participated in necrophilia says mm-hmm. that he showed absolutely no remorse. And it wasn't just the fact that he didn't show remorse for this dead woman that he was absolutely obsessed with. But he didn't show remorse for that unborn child. Nope. Either. Absolutely you know, not. It's, it's as if that none of that mattered to him just as long as he had a chance to be with her in some way, form, or fashion. And Absolutely. if they mm-hmm. were to go back home and they just part ways, he felt that he would never have a chance to do that. Right. And he was losing his, yeah, he was losing that one opportunity that he was banking on because when I'm, I'm 100% I believe that when that happened, when he, when she actually, he was able to actually talk her into going to the resort with him and all that kind of stuff. He was fixing to shoot his shot. You hear me? He thought he was going to have this one opportunity. Yeah. He was going to have to, he was going to have this one opportunity. It was just going to be the two of them in this resort and he was going to be able to sweet talk her. They're away from the wedding party. You know, they're, Mm -hmm. they're completely alone. They might be on two separate beds, but maybe he can sweet talk her into, you know, some, some cuddling, you know, maybe he can love up on her. And honestly, after this whole story and everything, Mm -hmm. I think with or without the alcohol, he was going to do something had, I mean, cause they were already arguing Yeah, Mm -hmm. before they even got there. Right. And who's to say, like, those are the only two times that we know that they argued. There's probably a lot more said in the meantime before he ever started drinking, you know, because it just kind of sounds like he was a dick. I'm sure. And, I mean, he was. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it just kind of sounds like she was a really sweet person. He was an, a dick. Yeah. And, and, you know, something probably was said slick here and there. And she probably was just fed up at that point. Like, yo, look, I'm not dealing with this. We're not I'm out, bro. I'm yeah. out. You know, mm-hmm. she probably did the same thing that the previous girl did but the previous girl got away from him just in time right you know so i don't know that's just that's insane yeah it's one extreme to the next it is 
Right. And he I mean, reacted in rage mm-hmm, because he knew that he was fixing. He, he had lost the first one. It's like what you were just saying right there. He had actually, he had let the first one go, but mm-hmm. he was not fixing to let that shit happen again. He was fixing right. to, yeah, he wasn't going to let it happen again. I think and, alcohol was a good like foundation for him as far yeah. as mm-hmm. reacting on the rage. Right. But honestly, had she has said that and he was entirely sober, he probably still would have. He would have done something. He would have done, done something. something, whether it had been tying her up again, like he did his first girlfriend or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. He's, he was still going to shoot his shot. Yeah. He was I mean, 100% bar none, whether, you know, no matter what happened, he was going to do whatever he possibly could to try to get Alicia to be with him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I 100% believe that. So um, his defense claimed that voluntary intoxication rendered him incapable, incapable of understanding what he was actually doing. Basically, he was too drunk to know right from wrong, which is what I had told y'all. I'd read you that. Um, the prosecution, of course, uh, poked holes in his theories, saying that Cooper's confession and his ongoing abuse of Alicia, um, he was able to recall in great detail what he did to her, inconsistent with somebody who was incapacitated by alcohol. Like I said, blind drunk, you blackout drunk, whatever. That's I mean, it just don't two and two they don't make five and that's what he's trying to make it make you know what i'm saying yeah he he was trying to save himself sure absolutely so um he they said that cooper even tried to commit suicide with a butter knife he actually also along with the butter knife and the corkscrew they said that he had driven like an hour right before he went to the convenience store he had driven like an hour to the bay and he was going to drown himself he said he got into the water. He was just going to swim out as far as he could. And then he was just going to drown himself. Well, you know. <sighs> oh, uh, Jesus fucking Christ. He swam out. I've, go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. I was go ahead. Go say, ahead. I was just going to say, you know, as much as I've read up on, you know, I, I study different personality t- types and everything, you know. Sure. And it just kind of helps me understand, like, what to look for. Because for a long time. I lived completely by myself. I didn't have roommates. I didn't have anything. So I always made sure I watched my surroundings and sure. for situations like this, because you never know what could happen, especially, you know, all these things that have happened over time and whatnot, you know, whatever. Right. If he had a chance to get away from that, he will do that again. You know what I'm Absolutely. saying? Absolutely. Yeah. He, he had no intentions of ever killing himself. He no, said he that did just not. to he said that just to, you know, oh, I feel so bad. I feel, you know, remorseful that this stuff happened, but he didn't that's not a sign of remorse. That's just a sign of, oh, poor pitiful me kind of mm. thing. That you know what I'm saying? Yes, ma'am. Thank and you for it, saying it, that. It's not it's <clears throat> not like he actually felt bad for what he had done. He felt bad that he Mm-mm. got caught. And he only got caught because he had to do something. They just found this girl dead in your room and you've got to say something, you know. He knew he couldn't get away with it because everybody, her family, her friends, even the people in the wedding party knew that she was there with him. Right. There was no escaping that. But had he had claimed that defense and they actually let him get away, he was going to do that again. There is no doubt. There's no doubt. No doubt at all. whatsoever. He, He had no intentions of ever killing himself. Right. And he says he swam out in the bay and he got out there and he just panicked and all this kind of stuff. Listen, if you're out there and you're trying to drown yourself, you swim, you keep swimming until you're so tired you can't swim anymore. And then you just let gravity do its work. Because a person who drowns, first of all, we know that you find floaters, for lack of a better term, sorry, um, after the gases in their body 
have buoyed them up to the surface. But when a person drowns, when a person can no longer keep themselves above water, you take in water into your lungs and that sinks mm-hmm. you to the bottom of the of whatever body of water that you're in. Mm-hmm. That's the way drowning works. Okay. But if you panicked and you had enough strength to swim all the way back to the shore of whatever body of water you were in, that just means you didn't want to kill yourself. You didn't want to kill yourself. You, I mean, you just didn't. Okay. That yeah. you weren't you weren't trying to commit suicide. You're trying to make people feel bad for you. And I don't feel bad for you. You're a fucking piece of shit. So anyway, unbelievably. So they took him to trial. And in the trial, okay, the first trial that he had, spoiler alert, yes, there was more than one. Um, the first trial that he had, believe it or not, a trial by his peers, they had 12 women on the jury. Oh, wow. I've never heard of that before. Not saying I don't really know a lot about juries. Okay. But I wouldn't think that in a case like this, where a young woman and her unborn child were unalived, um, I wouldn't think that, that they would approve tw- 12 women. Right. I mean, the DA, of course, but his lawyers, I wouldn't think that they would approve that. However, that was the case for the first trial. There were 12 men, 12 women on the jury. They listened to all the evidence, his confession, everything. They listened to all of it. And they went back and um, they decided that they were two people on the jury that was like, oh, but uh, there might be a possibility that he actually had the involuntary intoxication. B.S. Right. BS. No. Right. Um, um, like with all, all oh, you know, there there was a thing. How can on you TikTok. possibly? Yeah. There's a thing on TikTok that said, you know, like, why are do you want me to go to jury duty? Don't you have people that like are in law school studying for stuff? Like, why not let them be like interns for this? Because like they study stuff like that. They study. Oh, that's a good of, idea. Yeah, I I thought that was kind of interesting, you know, because well, yeah. it, it just kind of makes you think of situations like this because it's like you bring in 12 people off the street, you know, they may not know what exactly to look for, even though they, they plan it all out for you and show you all the evidence to show you, you know, this is this X, Y, and Z, Yeah, you know, but like people like you and me, they're, we're going to look at everything, but some, right. somebody else, they from Baskin Robbins or something, you know, they may not mm-hmm. know what to exactly look for. So I never really understood the whole jury duty thing. Well, and I've always, huh. Okay, so this is, I'm, I'm just going to let y'all know, this is one of my obsessions. I've always wanted to be on the jury of a murder trial. I just want to, I just, not that I want to be a part of that because I'm really sorry for the family of the person that wasn't alive. I'm sorry about that. But I just wanted to experience it. You know yeah. what I mean? But that's my mind. That's my mindset being true crime the way that we are. As, right. You know, it's people who have this podcast and everything. But you never know about Joe Blow or Miss Joe Blow off the street. You don't know what their biases are. You don't know the experiences they've had in their life, stuff like that. I know, I understand that that, that a jury is supposed to be um, a jury of your peers. I get it. But I've never thought about the avenue that you just said about law students and stuff like that. I think that's a freaking great Being, idea. You know, interns and everything. And sure. like when you start looking at people like in small towns and everything, there is a mm-hmm. high chance that you're going to pull somebody on jury duty that already knows the person that's up and they, they can't be there. Right. You know, so it's just that's a real easy way to avoid that. Right. 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 It was just something kind of neat that I saw. That is very interesting. And, okay, so these two women, 
And they decided that, you know, that's the way they were going to vote. So it left him at a hung jury. So during the meantime, while he was waiting, uh, awaiting um, his next trial, because a hung jury automatically means that you have to have another trial. So during the meantime, Alicia's family, um, her mom and her stepdad, um, they decided that what they were going to do because um, that the reason he was able to have a defense at all whatsoever was be was because of the involuntary intoxication. They decided that they were going to go um, to their senator's state, you know, whatever it took to get that actual um, line of defense abolished. Like they didn't feel like that should be a way for anybody to say that that's the reason that they committed whatever crime that they committed was because they were blackout drunk, involuntary intoxication, whatever the case may be. They they wanted that gone. And mm. kudos to them. They actually had it happen in Illinois. They actually took that law off the books in Illinois and and in 31 other states. They had that law abolished. So I think that is wonderful. I think yeah. that they went above and beyond to make sure that this didn't happen to anybody else's child, um, anybody else's family member, anything like that. And I just want to say that rock on to them because that is amazing. It is absolutely amazing. It took nine months for them to go to trial for the second time for them to um, go through it again anyway. And during the meantime, this is what they were doing through all their grief, through all the things that they were having to go through. And all that kind of stuff for them to have the strength to step up and do those kind of things. I just can't imagine. I, I just can't imagine. Uh, yeah. But I think that's the, that them being able to do that is wonderful. So mm -hmm. for sure. Um, uh, let's see. At Brian Cooper's second trial, the jurors once again heard about his sick obsession with Alicia and how he abused his authority as her supervisor. They saw the images captured by his hidden cameras. They listened to Cooper's confession where he explained in great detail about his decision to murder Alicia, despite her pleading for the life of her unborn daughter. The jury found him guilty on all counts at the second trial. And Brian awesome. Cooper was then sentenced to two consecutive life terms in prison. And he has um, all the way up to 2017 tried to file appeals, but um, they have all been unsuccessful. So good. Rotten hell. Yeah, um, like that's that's not okay. Right. Sherry, Alicia's mother, filed a wrongful death suit against um, the Home Depot and the Grand Flower Growers. Um, according to the lawsuit, the companies were negligent because Cooper showed a pattern of misconduct in the months before the murder. He had called Alicia a whore and a slut on numerous occasions, and Alicia had repeatedly complained. Despite this, no action was taken to investigate, monitor, or limit the control. Wow. Yes. Wow. So they they got <clears throat> complaints about him and never right. did anything? Mm -hmm. They were actually able to produce mm -hmm. the fact that she had made the complaints and they had done nothing. Mm -hmm. So um, despite this, no action was taken to investigate, monitor, or limit the control Brian Cooper had over Alicia in the workplace. The lawsuit was initially dismissed, but that decision was ultimately overturned on appeal. In addition to fighting for legislation changes, Alicia's family also started the Purple Project in honor of Alicia and Ava. This organization gives support to single mothers and offers grief counseling to parents who have lost children. And if you'd like to make a donation, um, you may do so here. Um, it's called the purpleproject.org. Um, I want to read y'all, just as a last little thing, um, I want to read y'all the actual... Um, 
initial homepage of the Purple Project. It says, On August the 19th of 2012, our daughter, Alicia Bromfield, and her unborn child were brutally murdered. My husband Joe and I were devastated when we heard the news. After the shock wore off, we each struggled with our grief in our own way. I was left with two overwhelming emotions, anger and guilt. I felt so much rage for the man who took Alicia and her baby, already named Ava Lucille, from us. I also felt guilt, wondering if there was something that I could have done to save them. A mother's job is to protect her children, and I felt that I had failed. After two trials, the man who killed Alicia and Ava were convicted, was convicted of both of their murders. Although greatly relieved, we were left with the aftermath of tremendous loss. My ongoing prayer to God was to heal our family's broken hearts. I kept hearing a voice deep inside whisper, choose love, not hate. I knew my anger would destroy me if I didn't learn how to let it go. I had to replace it with something. It came to me that I needed to begin focusing on the love that I had for my daughter and my granddaughter. And it was time for our family to honor Alicia and Ava by giving back the love that Alicia had given so freely to us. Shortly after that, the Purple Project was born. Our mission is to keep our daughter and granddaughter's memories alive by extending love and hope to people in need. Our mission is twofold. First, we give financial and emotional support to single young mothers in need. And second, we offer grief counseling and retreats for parents that have lost children. And as time moves on, our love for Alicia and Ava continues to grow and give back in a way that we never could have imagined. And that is the story of Alicia and Ava Bromfield. Mm. Yeah, I I couldn't imagine the pain, especially the mother felt because of her initial feelings about her going on this trip and everything, you know, but at least she turned what she felt into helping other people that that takes a lot of strength to to do. And, you know, we hear this in a lot of our uh, uh, episodes and in a lot of our research and things like that. We hear where these families, they endure these awful 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 things and, and and maybe not immediately but at some point in their grief they choose to give back you know what i'm saying they start these uh foundations or these projects or whatever to try to give help and relief to families who are also going through that because that's all they can do in honor mm-hmm. of their child or children or spouse or sibling or whatever it may be that they have lost. They go and they try to give back to people that are also suffering like they've suffered. And I just can't even begin to imagine, first of all, how to deal with my grief if something like that were to happen. But to be able to go back and and be that kind of person, my heart goes out to them and I just can't believe how strong they are. And I hope that God forbid, if anything were to ever happen to me or my family or anything like that, that I would be able to have the strength to do that as well. It's hard. And, you know, not that I've ever been through anything like that. I I couldn't imagine the pain, but some of the stuff that I've gone through personally, you know, I've often questioned like, what is my purpose? Because there, there were a number of times where I was just like, God, I think this is it. You know, I mean, yeah. my life has flashed before my eyes a couple of times at the hands of somebody else. Yeah. And it actually inspired me to um, go into women's ministry. Right. Because unfortunately, not that not saying that men aren't a targeted what at all, but it's usually women that get targeted 
and yeah. pursued by men that uh, that are the attackers. Yeah. And so uh, I'm actually like on an online degree for not it's not really a college or anything, but it, it's like a little ministry course for yeah. women's ministry to to be a life coach, to help talk like one on one with groups of people and everything and try to help them overcome certain situations and everything. Because when you're at a point that that's so low, all you can do is think there's a reason that I'm here still, right. mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I, I like to think that that's kind of where they they stand, you know, there's a reason that they were still here. Yeah. And that's all that they have is to help others that either have come in contact with some kind of situation in that form yeah, or, maybe they're just like in the beginning stages, like, I don't feel right. Something's not right about this. So then help them find a way out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I commend them. Uh, I'm honored to have been able to report on the purple project and stuff like that this evening. And I would like to continue to do so in our other episodes. Um, if something like this comes up, I'm absolutely, absolutely going to tell our, all of our listeners about it so that they can mm-hmm. go and look into it and follow it. Um, and let's just hope that all of us out there can come together and try to lift each other up instead of tearing each other down because in the world that we're living in nowadays, it's so easy to be judgmental and to tear people down when sometimes all it takes is a smile or a nice word or something like that to turn somebody's whole day around. You never know what another person is going through. So always, you know, it costs you zero money to smile, to say hi, to give somebody a compliment and don't cost you anything. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Right. So everybody just try to lift each other up, try to try to be a light in somebody's life, because you never know when that one thing that you might do that day could actually turn everything in their lives around. You just never Absolutely. know what somebody else is going through. So you don't I want to take a second to say, you know, um, for a while now, Shelby and I have been um, doing our little catchphrase as we leave um, uh, our episodes at night. It was kind of just kind of a sort of, you know, kind of a little morbid joke about you know, first you don't succeed you know <laughs> it's only attempted murder and it was cute and all that kind of stuff but I mean I don't know if everybody appreciates our kind of humor so I just like to say that if y'all want to you know write in give us a little catchphrase what you what you guys think that we might want to leave out with or whatnot I'd like to have something that really means something to us that really means something to y'all um, I want to reach people's hearts. I want to say that our group has been gaining members um, one, two, three a day, you know, a couple every other day, whatever it may be. I really appreciate all you guys. We both do all you guys coming Absolutely. to be a, yeah, coming to be a part of our group um, and following us and things like that. So I just want to say thanks. And um, let's do a poll. I'm going to put it up on our group or Shelby, you can. I know you're busy, so I'll, I'll do it myself. Um, but I was just going to say. I kind of have yeah, a lot to do like, this yeah, let, let me not put that on top of you as well. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'll put a poll out and y'all just give us some ideas of um, a little catchphrase that we can we can leave on uh, at the end of our podcast or whatever. But I just want to say, please follow us. Um, the group's doing great. I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. I hope it has been informative. And like I said, just please watch out for your fellow man, for your fellow woman, for your fellow person. Um, just watch out. Be be sweet. Say say hey. Give them a smile. Open a door for somebody. Yeah. I mean, it takes it takes it takes a couple of seconds out of your life, and you, you just never know how your impact is going to be on somebody. But sure. with that being said, we love you guys, and we'll talk to y'all next week. 
Okay. Yep. Bye. Bye. <laughs>